Answer Life with Brent and Jeff. Brought to you by a grant from The Cheat and the support of viewers like you. This is The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Brent is here. There he is. Yeah, there I am. Sorry. <laughs> I was worried there for a second. I had to swallow my last morsel of chocolate chip cookies that we're eating. Chocolate chip goodness. And we are excited about another great episode in our Philippian series. Tonight, episode four, we're going to be talking about the mind of Christ from Philippians chapter two. This is one of those verses that you just read and you're like, what? <laughs> I think it's called the kenosis. I think that's like a Greek term describing like Jesus humbling himself and coming down in the form of a man. It's called the kenosis. You can check me on wow. that. Wow. That's, that's, that's good insight there, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Expository teaching here on the altar life. <laughs> Back to the cookies that we're eating. Yeah. <laughs> they were so good. No, I'm just kidding. They're good. We were really excited. You know, why don't you get caught up with us? You can check out our website, www.thealterlife.com. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Jesus' example of lowliness and his humility as he came as God and came and learned what it was like to live on earth and to struggle with the same things that we struggle with, but overcome them and how we need to put others first just like he did. And we're really excited. We got lots of great music for you. Talking about humility, talking about Jesus Christ and his lowly position on earth. You're listening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. All right. Are you ready for love? Audio Adrenaline asks in that last song. Thanks for being here this evening. You know, we are starting chapter two tonight in Philippians and uh, chapter one flew by and... Um, you know, we have, uh, let's dig right in. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mi- lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And that each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And uh, isn't that important? Body life, you know, being with our brothers and sisters. And, you know, it's so important to have that mindset where we're, um, you know, we're preferring each other and we're, we're interested in what each other's doing and making sure that we're thinking about how other people are going to be as opposed to just thinking about ourselves and looking outward and not looking inward all the time. Um, you know, and in a world where you're being persecuted and there's struggle and there's things going on, you know, there's enough going on that's battling us in this world to be in the confines of the body of Christ and be battling. You know, I'm just thinking about, you know, the flesh and the, the craziness is out in the world and we're Christians and we're a body, you know, together. And, um, Man, to walk into church and have someone slamming you. It's like, that's what I get all day long out in the world. We should be rallying around each other and um, ultimately around Christ, the center, the head of the body and, um, you know, preferring each other. And as Paul says, encouraging each other, you know, lifting each other up, being like-minded, one accord, um, not selfish. You know, that's that's what we should be about. Yeah, I mean... Ultimately, it comes by, it says, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, you're not going to have unity and uh, a self a selflessness without the Spirit of God, because by nature, we are 
self-centered and uh, and self-preserving and self-motivating and all those things. But he encourages us to put all of that aside and put everyone else ahead of us, just like Jesus did. Jesus didn't come to earth and be like, hey, I'm the son of God. Bow down. He said, the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. That's our example. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And you read that and you're kind of like, yeah, that sounds great, you know, but I know reality says you've never been to my church. (laughs) And, um, it's hard to have a group of people that are like-minded and having the same love, being of one accord and of one mindset. Everyone has a different mind. Everybody has different thoughts and thinks things should be a certain way. The carpet in the church should be red. No, it should be blue. No, it should be red. It's like oh, we all have those isms, right, that, that divide, that could divide, you know. But it's, it's cool because you've been in those other situations where you've had that awesome service. You know, you've been worshiping together and you've been pouring your hearts out together and you've kind of been in the word together and you kind of leave that and you just want to like give everyone a hug and like (laughs) um being like-minded right and um paul's challenging the philippians to live that way all the time you know not just in the emotionalism of a of a retreat service or some sort of church service but that's how we should be all the time you know and how does it start? Well, it starts with me. It starts with where's my heart? You know, is my heart pursuing Christ? Am I at the foot of the cross? Because ultimately in those services, when you're kind of buzzed, you know, and you just love everybody, you're that way because you've, you've been within the presence of the Lord, you know, and, he, and this, like Jeff said, the spirit has been evident and you've been working in your life and and you've been praying with each other and you've been at the, at the foot of the cross together and there's a common ground. Um and we go off and we do our things and then we come back and to church and we're coming in from the world, right? And we've all got our stuff. But, you know, the Lord's got to fight through that all the time. And it's, it, wouldn't, it starts with me living in that place where I'm surrendered, you know, yeah. and and hopefully I can contribute to the like-mindedness in the body. Yeah, I think we, we sometimes get distracted or confused about like-mindedness. We think everybody needs to see eye to eye. And that's not necessarily what Jesus is talking about, you know. Sometimes we think that unity is the same thing as uniformity. I heard my pastor right. say that. I don't get credit for that. But like we think like, well, yeah, well, we're going to unify by all being the same. <laughs> and it's like, no, like there's there's diversity, but unity, being like-minded and having Christ be the thing that brings us together is the important thing. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. We're in Philippians chapter 2 tonight. You can crack open your Bibles if you're nearby. And um, we left off talking about being like-minded with one another, of the same love, of one accord, of one mind. And that all comes by the fellowship of the Spirit, it says in verse 1. And uh, in the last segment, we're talking about like that doesn't come by our own striving, and it doesn't come by making everybody agree on things. You know, we, we should agree on one thing, and that's Jesus Christ and his centrality in the church and in our in our fellowship too, that Jesus is the center and all praise, honor, and glory is due to him. And you know, when that is this and when that is our rock, that's our cornerstone, the outflow of that is going to be, no, you let me put you first. Let me show you the love that you deserve because you're a child of God. You know, it doesn't matter what I want and what matters is what I can do for the body as a whole. And um, that's how the body works. The body doesn't you know, go off and do its own thing. If it does, then you have to get like electric shock therapy or something. <laughs> like 
the body is supposed to work together uniformly, not in the same way that I made it in the negative way before about uniformity, but there should be a, a, a unity in how we're working. That only comes by a dying self and by a, a humble opinion of ourselves and an elevated opinion of others. Yeah, loneliness. And, I love that. Loneliness of mind, Paul says, esteeming others higher than ourselves, but a loneliness of mind in our own minds, thinking of ourselves lowly. You know, how much dollars are spent at psychologist's office trying where people are trying to tell other people that they're worth it, that they're, you know, you can do it. It's all about you. You have the power to change your life. You can, it's all you, you, you know. And you start believing yourself, believing in yourself, right? And chasing that that thing that I can, you know, and no one's going to stop me because I'm determined to, you know, huff and puff and blow the house down. And um, Christ, Christ's life is, you know, I'm going to see myself as lowly. And it's not seeing myself as worthless because Christ sees me as having lots of value because of Jesus Christ. Um, but seeing myself lowly enough to put myself in the background so others... Um, to prefer others over myself. And I mean, if, and if everyone did that, <laughs> you know, can you imagine <laughs> the fellowship that we would have um, with each other if everyone did that? Thanks for listening to our friends, Brent and Jeff on the Ultralight. They rock! Song of the Year, All-Star United. Let each of you look, not, look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I just love he says... Let nothing be done through selfish ambition in verse 3. You know, if we're honest and we check our motives, most of what we do is through selfish ambition. Even if it's not a bad, if the result isn't bad, you know what I mean? It's not like you're pursuing, like, I want to, like, steal money so I'm rich. You know, like, the outcome might not necessarily be a bad thing, but the, the motive behind the outcome is the thing that's bad. You know, and it's dangerous because you can have, you know, like, I want to get involved in ministry. That's a great thing. I want to minister to to people. Oh, awesome. People need people to serve them and minister to them. I want to serve thousands. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to be thousands. No, no, you don't understand. I want to, like, be up front and serve thousands. And you're like, oh, okay, there's the selfish ambition coming out. You know, it's dangerous, and it's it's very easy to get into that. And that's why we, we have to have a renewing of our mind, like it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, you know, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And where do we get that mind? It's through Jesus Christ. It's the mind of Christ. And that's the episode that we're talking about tonight. It's funny, Jeff, you and I used to do worship at a church that was fairly large. And uh, I think we've all been asked before, like by people that come up to you afterwards, like, so uh, how do you get up there and like play in <laughs> yeah. front of everyone? Because I kind of want to. Yeah. And it's like, God's calling me to be up you, there. I love that question. <laughs> how do you, the how do you get up there question. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just walk. That's yeah. how you get up there. You uh, can get up there. The security guards will escort you off, but you can get up there. It's like, you know, know, we really need a lot of help with the kids in the back. You know, if you would just, you know, oh, I'm not called to do kid stuff. You know, <laughs> I'm not called for the small stuff. I'm really called to, you know, the 10,000 people thing. You know, I want to do that. It's like, whoa, you know. But, uh, that's just our, you know, that's the flesh, right? It's yeah. like, man, I really want to do that. You know, I, I really want to have the, wouldn't it be great if I was famous for writing all these great worship songs? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I want to be Chris Tomlin. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you have that, you have that thought. And um, you know what? You, your motive could be, I just want to bless a lot of people. And that's great. But, you know, most of the time it's like, wouldn't it be great to be famous? Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural. Perhaps. Baloney. Perhaps not.
The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Little Man by the Supertones. Before that, you heard a brand new Supertones song. That's right, they're back. It's crazy. Better than ever. That was on the downbeat. And um, that song didn't really have anything to do with our topic tonight, but I thought it was cool to throw out some new music to you guys, so you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Um, we are in Philippians chapter 2, and that song, Little Man, is great. Let my pride fall down. I'm a little man. That's how we have to think of ourselves. Not in like a self-deprecating way where we're like, I'm, I'm worthless. Uh-huh. Like Brent was talking about, like we have to like spend thousands of dollars on psychiatry bills and stuff. So that we, it's like, you can be the best you possible. Becoming a better you. It's like, how about becoming a a not centered on you <laughs> or something? I don't know. Like, Why don't you just stop thinking about yourself? Because yeah. that's mostly the problem, right? You upset, you go to psychologists, you're obsessed over how horrible you are because you've spent the last X amount of years thinking about how horrible you are yeah. because you've been thinking about yourself, right? Uh, you're so self-consumed. So if you're going to think about yourself, you might as well think about yourself in a good way. And that's what psychologists try to get you to think about yourself in a good way. Just stop thinking about yourself. Yeah. Think about other things. You, you wouldn't find that title of a book on the New York Times bestseller list. Stop thinking about yourself. <laughs> People be like, oh, I don't want that. How dare you? <laughs> it's always like, think about, or you know, spend all your livelihood on you. <laughs> Fall in love with yourself again so that you can love others. No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> And you know what's uh, what's funny is that like we read this and we're like, oh, this is interesting. Jesus said this exact same thing when he said, "Love your neighbor as yourself." He assumed that the love for self is already there, and we need to put others on that same pedestal. And Paul takes it a step further by saying, "No, we got to esteem others ahead of ourselves," because that's what Jesus did. He didn't come to be served as the Son of God, holy and awesome. He came right. to serve all mankind by the sacrificing of his own life. And we need to do that. You know, we need to lay down our life for others because that's how we show the love of Christ. And the, the fact that we have the mind of Christ, it, it doesn't seem so crazy. <laughs> you know, like most people would see that and be like, you're crazy. How could you do that? It's like, well, my mind has changed. I'm not, I don't think about things the same way I used to because Christ is in my mind. And I, I live according to that. Having a mind like that, you know, to think about those things, you know, even when I'm humble sometimes, it's only on the outward appearance because I want people to think I'm humble. <laughs> like, I'm, hey, no, no, you go ahead first. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, I really want to go first. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but I know this is the right thing. I'm conditioned to prefer others in my actions. But can you imagine having a mind that thinks that? Like, their first thought is, oh, what's the other person going to think? You know, instead of, what am I going to think? Yeah. Oh, Lord, help us to have that mind. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was Lay Down My Pride by Jeremy Camp, and this is our unbelievable segment. And um, what I think is unbelievable is that Brent actually picked that Kevin Max song. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Usually I'm the only one that goes into Kevin Max's I know. catalog. I had that same thought when I was like, <laughs> was like oh, I got to beat the Jeff to this one. He's probably going to be <laughs> mad that I picked punch. it because <laughs> that was one of his songs. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I was glad to see that you picked it because was, it was one of those ones I was like, eh, I'll leave it. Okay, but good interesting. Job, so um, that happens. It's a good song. Me. Yeah, but uh, you know this unbelievable segment's pretty crazy because it. You know we were just talking about this before the show, and um, we've all been there. We've all been in someone else's kitchen, right? And you're like, I'm thirsty. It's like, oh yeah, just go get a cup out of the cabinet and get yourself a glass, you know, a drink or whatever. And you're like, okay. And you go and you like, you have that moment where you're like, 
which cabinet, <laughs> right? We've all been there, and you're like, you try one, hoping it's, the, and you always pick the one that you logically think it should be, right? Because yeah. it's like, what, you would put your cup there. That's where you yeah. put your glass. But, you know, sometimes you open it up, and it's like the spices, and you're like, no! <laughs> and you get, I don't know. I get, I have a problem with it. Like, I actually get frustrated. Like, yeah. that's where glasses are supposed to go. Yeah. You should put it there. And, like, meanwhile, it's a, on the other side of the room in some yeah. random cabinet, and you're like, how is this? How, how is this logical? This, I know. this isn't right. See, Brent and I are very like-minded in this regard. I was actually <laughs> at his house, and I was, like, looking for stuff, and I was guessing. Like, he's like, what do you think is in that cabinet? I'm like, spices? Open it up. Bam, spices. We're, like, high-fiving. <laughs> yeah. It was great. We're like-minded in our kitchen strategery. Uh, but, yeah, you think about it. You're like, I should be able to. It should be equal distance from the fridge to the glasses. Like, I shouldn't have to, like, walk. I should be able to grab a glass and pour and then put the thing back and then close the cupboard yep. and it, it makes total sense. But people don't think that way. No. They just put stuff away in this haphazard manner. And you would think, what are you thinking? You know, what about the feng shui? So you can, tell, you can tell a lot about a person by how they yeah. organize their kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh man, I just need a towel. Why are there oven mitts in here? Why? <laughs> Why are the oven mitts in the in the pantry down the hall? Shouldn't they be next to the oven? <laughs> but then, you know, when you're the guest of the house and you're just hunting through people's cabinets, it's not a very comfortable feeling. No. <laughs> and the whole time you're just frustrated and you wish secretly that that they would have just organized the kitchen the way you wanted them to. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh man, let me come in here and clean house. They but, weren't they weren't living the the, the message tonight about preferring others above yeah. themselves. They weren't thinking about you when they structured their kitchen. They were thinking about them. And that's really the bottom line here. It's all about my logical where things should be going, not yours. We're going to post a blueprint on Facebook of how a kitchen should be set up according to Brent's ram- uh, specifications. I said, or you'll get Brent's ramifications. Or I won't come over your house. Or, oh, thread. <laughs> and we are moving on tonight. We're in Philippians 2, talking about the mind of Christ and you know, we've been talking about just living in a way that puts others' interests above ourselves and to live in that lowliness of mind, that hum- humility of mind. And, you know, Christ was the example of that. You know, it, it, he goes on and he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Wow. Like, you just think about that. Christ God, you know, the God-man, came down, took on a form of being a man and being a servant. He didn't just come to be a king, like to be a man. He could have just come with trumpets and never had, would have never had to do any work in his life. You know, owned everything on the earth. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, Samson, right? Like, completely wealthy and could have whatever he wanted. No, he came as a servant, lowly, in a manger, in a feeding trough. That's how he was born, right? Um, you know, not having anything. You know, poor parents. Um, growing up as a carpenter, working hard, right? Um, and then... You know, as he enters into public ministry, doing some amazing things, but ultimately being obedient to the point of being crucified for us on a cross. Like that, the ultimate of humility, the ultimate of lowly, right? And, um, 
you know, he could have been thinking about, well, don't you know who I am? I'm God. Like, yeah. you don't talk to me that way. You don't treat me this way, right? He could have had that attitude, which if I was God, I would have. You yeah. know, it's like I would real easily enter into, do you know who I am? Back off, right? Yeah. Um, he didn't. He he took it. And, um, you know, he didn't even say a word, it says. He took a beating and he didn't say a word, right? He didn't. He didn't complain. He didn't whine. He didn't. It's amazing, you know, and that was the humility that he had. And it says, let this mind be in you. Whoa, I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we got lots more music for you as we finish off hour two. And Paul comes to that conclusion. He's like, I, the, the issue of me being Paul comes to an end and it's all about other people. It's all about Jesus, period. And, um. You know, Jesus in verse 8 says, Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. Like, it's not even like he just humbled himself so that he would become a man and be, you know, a finite being and, and would eventually die of old age. No, he came and o- obeyed the laws of, I guess, mankind so that he would then suffer a brutal death for punish you know a punishment for crimes that he didn't commit and that's how humble he became it's not like uh, like brent was saying like he came he was a king he was like handsome and buff and everything and everybody's like wow obviously that's the son of god and then he was like yeah serve me praise me no we're talking about a guy who came from nazareth and i think it's is it like philip or somebody it's like can anything good come out of nazareth like when they say like oh it's jesus from nazareth he's the messiah it's like really it's like Nothing good comes from that. Hey, it's 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 Juan from Camden. You know, like can anything good come out of Camden? You know, like that's kind of what it was like. You know, like really, he's like he's gonna save the world. He's gonna be the next president of the United States. He he grew up in Camden. He grew up like in the streets of West Philly. You know, he's gonna be the next president. It just doesn't seem like it jives. And Jesus liked that. I feel like it pleased the Lord to do that, so that it would be nothing. And it says in Isaiah fifty three. There was nothing about him that would draw us to him, that we would desire him. It was all about who he was, not what he looked like, not what he did. It was who he was. There was something, the fact that he was God and fully man at the same time that appealed to people, and they understood the message. And it said, because of his obedience, therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth. And under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because of Jesus' obedience, God honors him with a name that is above every name. Because he gave all of himself for God's creation. And uh, we're just so thankful that he did that. And he calls us to have that same mind, that same low view of self and high view of others. And it's a difficult thing to put in place. And, you know, just sitting here thinking about Jesus and what he's done for us and that humility that he showed um, he kind of takes all the excuses that we have, right, to, to be humble, you know. And, you know, if we think about those situations where people are, have done things wrong to us or there's been things that, you know, you might be struggling with getting along with someone or having a like-mindedness with someone. And, um, and you kind of are sitting over here on the fence going, well, you know, it's their fault. They have to get their stuff together. And, you know, I'm being perfectly fine. Like, I, I'm just, you know... I'm the, not the one that's the problem here, you know. Actually, if they would get their life right with the Lord, then, you know, everything would be great. And the Lord, you know, could have said that too about us, right? <laughs> but he, he was the initiator, right? He came and he he came to earth, made himself a man, 
you know, stooped down to our level, um, did not find it robbery to be equal with God and made himself of no reputation. You know, so often we're concerned about what it's going to look like, what our reputation is going to be, what we're going to look like stooping down to someone else's level um, in order to impact them, in order to, you know, to come alongside them and encourage them or to come alongside and um, lift them up. And sometimes I don't even have it in my heart to lift somebody else up. I just want them to get their act together and then come apologize to me because I feel like I've got it all together, right? Um, And Paul's like, you know what? That is such a prideful mindset. You know, there's another part in the scripture where it says, you know, if at all possible, live at peace with all men. You know, if you can, if you can, if it's, if you have any control over it, try very hard for me and yourself to live at peace with men. You know, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to work out the way you think, but don't be it, make it about, you know, do everything in your power to make that happen. And here's Christ who did that example. You know, he came, not everybody accepted him. You know, some people did, some people hated him, right? But he came to save everyone. And he came and stooped down to this level for everyone's benefit. And, um, you know, and that's, that's what he's calling us to do, to have that mindset to stoop down to serve others and if, have, if at all possible, live at peace with men, you know. And uh, let's kick another song. Reliant K, give until there's nothing left. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was I Don't Fit In At All by The Cry. And that's a song that, you know, we can feel that way. And in some ways, it's a good thing to feel that way. You know, when everybody's doing one thing, if we don't fit in with the world's mindset of seeking our, our own benefit and our own interests first then we don't want to fit in. You know, that's a good place to be. Um, There's a cross-reference verse to what we're talking about tonight about Jesus. And um, it actually, someone brought it up to me, totally unrelated to this, but as it often does, God drops something in your lap and it ties together. You know, you have no idea why it came, but but here it is. Hebrews 5, 8, and 9. Well, going back to verse 5, it says, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I've begotten you. And he also says in another place, you are priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. That was a lot of verses, but the truth in that ties greatly in with this this idea of Jesus obeying. You know, Jesus, when he became a man, he had his own will. He said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. When he prayed that God would find another way for him to, to, you know, absolve mankind of their sins, that he wouldn't have to suffer on the cross. And something I think that I, I never really thought about it that way. Like, okay, Jesus had a will that he had to actually submit and obey the Father because he was fully man at the same time. Just as we are fully men and women and we have a, a will that we need to lay down to surrender to God. Jesus took on that ability as well. And I don't know all the theology behind it and all that stuff, but it, it says pretty clearly here that you know, he he prayed that God would take it away from him, that he would save him from having to die, but he surrendered that and he obeyed. He became obedient to the death on the cross. And because of that, he was perfected and become he became the author of eternal salvation for anybody who would obey him. So it's by his obedience, you know, it says in, I think Romans or somewhere, it says by one man's disobedience, death entered the world by one man's obedience. There's salvation for everyone. That's a paraphrase, but that's the gist of it. So you can look it up. Look up obedience. That's a good word study, I think, to 
especially after tonight. You know, that idea of having the mind of Christ, it's a, it's a mind of obedience to God and surrendering our own will and, and humbling ourselves to be under that hand of God. And then as we obey, right, then Christ, God the Father, lifts us up. Like he lifts Jesus up as the name above all names, right? And in our obedience, he tends to lift us up and to hold us tight, right? And to, to put us up there. And we get to sit at the right hand of the Father someday. It's great. You know, I'm just encouraged tonight just reading this and thinking about Jesus and what he's done and, and how much humility he showed us um, to come and to be a man and to walk on this earth and, you know, thinking about his end now. You know, we're always so worried about what it's going to mean for us, aren't we? Like, we're so consumed by that. Well, would you rather be glorified here on earth, um, having your trophy on your desk or your certificate yeah. of, of acceptance or... You know, just the feeling of being accepted. Is that enough for you? You know, or would you prefer being lifted up and hearing good job, you know, when you get to heaven and being able to sit at the right hand of the Father and to ride on a horse next to your Savior? Like, think about where we're going. And and it's like weighing those two things. It's like, well, there's an obvious choice. I'd rather, you know, ride in the horse next to my Savior, right? You know, you'd rather be glorified in that day. Um but so often we don't think about that in the in the heat of the moment, right? When we're battling with our our neighbor or we're trying to figure out like how to one up them or whatever. We're trying to you know, figure that all out. We're worried about ourselves and we're not thinking about, well, what is what is it going to mean in the riches that I'm going to get when I get to heaven? You know, is that one less crown jewel in my crown? Um, you know, and and that's what we should be living. We're not should be we shouldn't be living for this kingdom. We should be living for that one and uh, where we're going. That was Count Me In by Leland. Before that, you heard At Your Name by Phil Wickham, which is a great song and ties in with the verse 9 here. It says that because of the fact that Jesus was obedient to the point of death, God has exalted him highly above and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, it comes back to the glory of God. God is glorified when we praise and exalt his son, Jesus, and, and praise him for what he's done for us. And what is the name Jesus? It's, it's you know, God with us, Emmanuel. And it says we call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You know, that's what he did when he obeyed and died on the cross. If Jesus had just come and, like, lived at all you know old age and just died of natural causes he wouldn't have saved people from their sins it was the the atoning sacrifice that he made to fulfill all that was laid out from before the foundation of the world and through the old testament prophecies and all those things that were confirmed in jesus's death on the cross jesus obeyed that plan that was you know foreordained predestined all those things he didn't just like say you know what i got my own will i'm gonna do it this way no, man, he obeyed it, and because of his obedience, God exalted him. And as Brent said, that's what he's—that's what God does to us. If we obey and we humble ourselves under him, he will exalt us in due time, it says. You know, thats it shouldn't be our motivation to get exalted, but our motivation should be to glorify God. And God uses uh, raising us up oftentimes to bring him glory, because people will see us and see how we're being used and say, wow, God gets the glory for that. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that person. But the fact that God can take someone like that and raise them up, it, it, he gets all the glory. And that's that's what we should want, just as Paul said uh, in the last episode when we were in the chapter t- chapter 1. And 
Yeah, and Jeff, you know, the, the challenge tonight is to let this mind be in you. You know, that mind that Christ had coming down on earth and humbling himself to the cross and thinking about heaven, thinking about the end and what what was going to come but through his obedience. And it pleased the Father to see his son go through that and to to have the mindset that's not so concerned about how we're going to look, our reputation, how we're going to end up, but that's focused on how we're going to end up in heaven <laughs> and um, ultimately how we're going to impact this life, this this culture for him. And, um, man, if we had a mind like that, it's amazing what God could do through us. So until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Mm-hmm.